0: First of the theological virtues or divine sisters, whatever you want to call them, is faith. Faith is a, a common term that we use uh, a lot of the times to describe all of our life. Like we say, um, I'm, I'm part of the Christian faith, um, faith is what um, separates me from other people, Um, but a lot of times, like a lot of Christian words, we don't really know what we mean by that, or we just equate faith to belief, right? We were just talking with a, with a band, um, before, um, and we were talking about the word fellowship. Like, no one uses the word fellowship except Christians, (laughs) uh, or like, you know, a hedge of protection. There's this hedge. Uh, You pray, you know, give them a hedge of protection or traveling mercies, um. You know, We just use a lot of Christian language, right? But we don't really know exactly what we mean a lot of the times. Faith is one of those words. Faith is a difficult word to really encapsulate, to define precisely. But we're going to attempt to do that just by talking uh, the importance of faith. One of the first verses I ever noticed that really shook me or, or shocked me in regards to what faith is is Romans 14.23. Paul goes and he makes this claim, he says, without faith, or everything you do without faith is sin. So whatever does not flow from faith, that's sin. Whatever you do that does not begin with its root in faith, that's sin. So when we talk about the importance of faith, right, if you don't have faith, it's impossible to live a holy, good, pleasing life. In the book of Hebrews uh, 11.6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith. You cannot live a good, wholesome, holy life, as God has called you to, without faith. So faith is pretty important. Um, But other than that, there's a, a very, very important passage in Romans 3. And it's in regards to our justification, which we'll talk about. But this is what Paul says, okay? Paul says, now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. And this is what it does. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And they are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And Jesus, that's who God put forward as a propitiation or a substitution by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his d- divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just in the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So this passage, there's a key word throughout it. There's righteousness but it's faith. You can see the recurrence of this word faith in it. Faith plays an extremely important role in our Christian life. You see that the way we receive Jesus Christ's um, righteousness is through faith. Faith is the means or the way that we receive what Jesus Christ has done. So what we're talking about is this whole doctrine of justification. Luke, aren't you doing a paper on justification right now? He finished it. So if you have any questions about justification, go to Luke later. <laughs> but basically, when we talk about justification in the, in the Christian faith, we're talking about being declared righteous. It's like a pronouncement that a judge makes. It says, you're not guilty. It's this declaration from a judge saying, you are not guilty. So for us as Christians, we can be declared not guilty in God's courtroom Because we have faith in Jesus Christ. That's how your sin is wiped away through the blood of Jesus and replaced with his perfect spotless life. It's through this thing we call faith. So it's really important. It's really important that we understand what faith is because that is the way you are called righteous, declared righteous. So if we don't understand this, we're missing out on a basic idea, a basic understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Right. So we've already spoken a little bit about faith last night. We gave this de- definition in regards to hope and love. It said faith is the substance of the future reality for which we wait. But we need to dive a little deeper. We need to know not only what faith is in general, but we need to know what saving faith is—the type of faith we see in Romans three. So what is saving faith? And this will be a quick session. There's three. There's three. Three basic things I want us to know about faith. Faith includes belief. The most typical way we talk about faith, we use faith as a synonym for belief. If we say that we have faith in Jesus, most of us translate that in our minds to mean that we believe in Jesus. And so in one sense, that is a right way to use the word, to talk about belief and faith. Faith includes belief. So faith in Jesus includes believing in Jesus it includes believing in Jesus you cannot have faith in something that you do not believe to be true so look at how faith and belief are linked in scripture the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe right God gives us his righteousness through faith in Jesus and he gives us that righteousness gives that righteousness to all people who believe right so a link between faith and belief Galatians 3.22 says, But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus might be given to who? Those who believe, right? So there's a a basic link between faith and belief. Make it really practical for a second, okay? If you are here and you profess to have faith in Jesus, this means that you believe in Jesus. What do you believe exactly? You believe um, uh, Jesus came, lived perfect life, died, died rose again from the dead and now he is the the uh, source of your salvation so what are we supposed to believe about jesus if we cannot answer what we believe about jesus then we need to reanalyze reconsider whether we have faith in jesus if i asked you what do you believe about jesus if i say what jesus said to peter who do you say that i am who do you say personally not what do what do your parents say Not what do your friends say, but what do you believe about Jesus, honestly? And that has something to to do with your faith. If your faith is not directly tied to a personal belief that you have in Jesus, you have to reconsider whether you have faith or whether you just simply know something. If you profess to have faith in Jesus but do not know anything about Jesus or know what you are really believing in Jesus then you don't have faith in Jesus. You have faith in something else that you've called Jesus. Think about that. That's a scary thought. If you think the American lifestyle, being comfortable, having a lot of money, um, retiring at an early age is what this is all about, then you've named American consumerism, the American comfortable life as Jesus, and that's what you believe in and have faith in. So if you want to believe, or if you want to have faith in Jesus, you have to make sure you're believing in Jesus. So in order to have faith in Jesus, we must know Jesus and believe in him. Basic, basic idea. Can cannot have faith in Jesus without believing in Jesus. Now, where do you find what, what you should believe about Jesus? Um, if you've been in the Bible project with us throughout middle school, you know that the Bible is the story of God's gospel that climaxes in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. James Childers got it. Boom, you got it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, But the, the whole point is this. Scripture, whatever you want to call it, and the most basic function it has is that it testifies or tells who Jesus is. That's the whole point. Jesus explains that the whole Old Testament is pointing to him, and the whole New Testament is a testimony by people who are around Jesus talking about who he was and what he did. So if you want to have the right beliefs about Jesus, you need to be acquainted with the Jesus of Scripture. Not simply the Jesus of K-Love Radio, because that Jesus is a lot nicer than the one in Scripture. I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> that, that Jesus doesn't flip tables or, like, call out people's sin. It's just like, oh, wrap your arms around me, and I don't know. But you need to be acquainted with the right Jesus of Scripture if you want to have faith in Jesus. Now, faith is also more than belief. Faith that is just belief, is actually called dead faith. Dead faith has no profit, no gain. If something's dead, it's not profitable. There's an interesting verse in James 2.19. James depicts how faith without works is dead. He also emphasizes that mere beliefs are not the sum of faith. He writes in 2.19, You believe that God is one, which was a really big deal for Jews. They understood that God was one. You do well. That's good, James says. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So James uses this argument to say that faith is more than just belief. He says that even even demons believe... Demons actually have a pretty good theology when you look at scripture. They um, believe in the existence of God, the deity of Jesus, that he was God. Um, Christ's sonship, they believe in hell, they believe in a place of punishment, they recognize that Jesus is judge, and they submit to the power of his word. So James is using this argument to say, like, demons are in a pretty good spot if belief is what you're concerned about. Demons have a pretty good belief system. But he says that faith without works is dead. That if you just have a belief in something then you're doing just as good as demons because they believe rightly. But faith that does not have works with it is dead. So faith is active. It's active. It's not simply something you know. It's not simply something that you think about or know that you know. Faith is active. Say, okay, say that you have a really rare disease only person in the world, you have this disease where if you do not eat an, uh, a waffle every day, your heart will explode. Imagine you have that disease. I think Taylor might have it. Imagine that you, you have to eat a waffle every day of your life or your heart will literally melt, turn into syrup, and explode or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to mend it. But say, say that's the disease you have. Now, are, are you going to be saved... Is your heart going to remain intact if you simply know that you're supposed to eat a waffle? No, you have to eat the waffle. You gotta eat the waffle, right? In the same way, just knowing something without actually trusting in it, doing it and acting on it is no good. So faith without works is dead. Faith that's just mere belief is dead. So if if all you have is a belief in Jesus in the sense that you only know about Jesus and what he did and you do not love Jesus, trust him, depend on him, turn your belief into an active response, then you do not have faith in Jesus. If all you have is a belief in Jesus and you do not treasure Jesus, delight in Jesus, trust him, depend on him, then you do not have faith in Jesus. James continues, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith, in the same way, by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Faith without works is dead. Because, this is point number three, faith is a way of life. Faith is not simply belief, although it includes belief. It has to begin in belief. But faith without works, without an active trust and dependence on Jesus, is dead faith. So faith is a way of life. One of my favorite verses is found in Galatians 2. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, so it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we don't pay attention to this verse, we won't see really how profound this is. Because Paul says he's dead. He's been crucified with Christ. He's dead. And then he goes on to say, but I live. It's like, okay, Paul, are you alive or dead? Right? Can you just clearly communicate here? But Paul says, the life I do live, although I'm dead, I live through Faith in Christ. So what he's saying is in order to live a life that's totally dedicated to God, totally surrendered to God, so much so that your life is actually dead, if you want to live a life that's totally dedicated to God, then you live your life through faith. You live your life through faith in Jesus Christ. And that will look so much like living for Jesus that your life will be considered dead. Because your, your will is put on, put on uh, the sidelines and God's will is what you pursue. So Paul is speaking in such a way that he is dead to his own sinful selfishness and desires, but he's completely surrendered to Christ and what Christ wants. And in this sense, he lives under Christ's lordship. He says, "Jesus, you're king. I'm not. This is your world, not mine. Your will, not my. Will be done." And he does that through faith. So if we want to live our lives in such a way where we recognize that Jesus is Lord, he's not just someone I know about, he's the Lord of my life, then we must live by faith. God's way is right and better. God's story is my story. God's will, not my will. God's glory, not my glory. Not simply believe, not simply know, but we must live by it. And that's what Paul means when he says, if you don't live by faith, you can't please God. Everything that you do apart from faith, that's sin. Because your life should be lived in such a way where Jesus is Lord, not you. That's what it means to have faith. What it means to have faith is that you live in such a way where Jesus is the Lord of your life, not you. So if faith is simply what you believe, is, is more than simply what you believe, and it encompasses all of your, all of your life, then it has to be something that's deeply rooted in your heart. It has to be something that begins in your heart at the core of who you are. It can't simply be a belief that you have. It it has to be even more than simply one moment in time. Because faith is a way of life, this means that your faith was not simply when you walked the aisle or when you went forward for an altar call. Your faith is active. It's today. Today. Your faith isn't simply a past decision that you made. It's a, way, a day-to-day lifestyle where you say, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Here's the amazing thing. Once you say Jesus is Lord and you, you devote yourself to that, God works that in you. And by His Spirit, He actually empowers you to do that. So the more that you rest In God, the more that you depend and surrender to God and say, yes, Lord, this is the way life works. This is the story that I should be a part of. God works that in you through his spirit. And what he does is he makes you more and more like Jesus every day. Amazing. That's what it means to have faith. You're surrendered to Jesus as Lord. And through his spirit, he makes you more and more like Jesus every day. So, Christian faith is something that concerns how we live every day of our lives. It's not merely something that happened one day in our past. Guys, you know, it's the typical thing like you don't have fire insurance or something. It's a weird example, right? Christianity is not simply like a um, a card that you get stamped and then you put it back in your pocket like a membership or something. Christianity is a way of life. Every day you're living with Jesus Christ as Lord, he's making you new to be more and more like Jesus for his glory. That's that's our Christianity. So living in faith means living out our hope in Jesus Christ. The next session we'll talk more about hope, but... As we look forward in hope as Christians, seeing that God will restore us and all of creation through Jesus, we have faith by being made more and more like Jesus today. If you are a Christian, you claim to have faith, that means you're you're seeking to be made more and more like Jesus every day. Listen, listen very closely to what I said. I did not say that you are making yourself more and more like Jesus. I'm I'm saying you are going to be made more and more like Jesus. God is going to work that in you. You can't simply really, really try hard to be like Jesus. It's impossible. You will not just be more and more like Jesus. That's only something that God can do. And the amazing thing is, is that he gives his spirit to you to dwell in you to do that work. It's simply an emotion a, a, a from you saying, God, I need you. You do this. You do this. This is, this is about you. It's not about me. And God is so happy to do that. That's what he wants. He wants to work that in you. He wants to make you more and more like Jesus. It's not something that's like, man, I really wish Taylor would try to be more like Jesus. No. God is saying, this is what I've done for you in the gospel. Depend on me. Rest in me. Stop trying so hard to live in your own strength and power. Depend on me, and I will absolutely bring you to full glory in Jesus. It's amazing, guys. You just have to have this this sense of surrender. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. We'll talk about that next session. That's why we have hope, because we know we're not there yet simple surrender to jesus every day saying you are lord i am not god make me more like jesus that is living by faith not simply knowing about jesus not simply doing nice things it's a surrender to jesus as lord as he makes you more and more like himself